You are now paid to be a leader, to step back, to plan ahead, to strategize, to develop the people you've got the privilege and responsibility to lead, not to be executing the tasks that others can and ought to be carrying out. If you never allow your team to take on these tasks and learn on the job, then of course you'll always be able to do it better than them because they're never getting the opportunity to try. People cannot improve at anything in life if they're not given the opportunity to practice. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ben Morton Leadership Podcast. It's the weekly show that brings you inspiring interviews with managing directors, CEOs, and genuine subject matter experts, all designed to help you be the very best leader you can possibly be. It's my gift to you, and it's completely free. This week, I've got a solo episode for you focused on the topic of delegation. Why delegation? Well, because it's one of the most critical skills for us to master as leaders and managers. And it's one that I find leaders and managers at all levels struggle with the most. There's some fascinating research around delegation as well that I've been digging into recently. One study I looked at published by the World Economic Forum found that nine out of 10 leaders and managers don't delegate enough or as much as they could be doing. Another study from London Business School suggested that one third of leaders and managers feel that they lack the skills to delegate effectively. And only one third of people believe that their leader or manager is effective at delegating. So the stats are actually quite shocking when it comes to delegation. But that aside, as leaders and managers, I think we would all agree that we know that delegation is a key skill. We know that we could and should be delegating more, but something always seems to get in the way. With over two decades of experience now leading teams and developing leaders, it started to become clear to me that there are actually two things that get in the way. One is around our belief system and some of the fears that we have associated with delegation. And then the second is much more around the practicalities of delegation, i.e. being equipped with the the tools and strategies to identify what tasks to delegate and what to hold on to, having some sort of process or checklist for deciding who to delegate those tasks to, And then being clear about the best way to actually communicate what it is that we're asking other people to do in such a way that it generates the the motivation and the level of engagement that's required. And then, of course, linked to that, there's also the balancing act of wanting to give people freedom and autonomy to get on with the task but also feeling like we want some reassurance that they're on track and the task is going to be delivered to the required standard. So that's the challenge that faces many of us as leaders and managers in regards to delegation. And in this podcast, I want to explore some of those beliefs and fears that we have associated with it. But first of all, let's just take a few minutes and get really clear about why we should be delegating. So, assigning responsibilities for tasks and projects to others, i.e. delegation, that's how we can really multiply our value as a leader in the organisation. 
when I was in the military, we would often talk about this this term force multiplier. And really a force multiplier in the military were the actions that we could take or the assets we could use, if you will, that would increase the impact we could have so that it was disproportionate to the number of troops at our disposal. So in this respect, getting really great at the skill and art of delegation, it's a force multiplier. It lets us have a much more significant impact on the organisation, our ability to deliver our goals and KPIs, and our ability to develop the people that we've got the privilege and responsibility to lead. The other thing to note here as well around why we really should be delegating more is that the leaders and managers who delegate well find themselves with more time to focus on the high-impact, strategic, needle-moving activities or whatever other business jargon you want to use. But it means we can focus on the right stuff instead of being consumed by the minutiae and stuck in the detail that we really should have let go of, or at least should step out of from time to time. Getting better at delegation also gives us a bit of time and space, which enables us to step back, pause, and then scan ahead to identify some of the opportunities that are coming up in the future, and also to spot some of the the challenges that might be coming our way so we can prepare for them, get our team prepared, and mitigate any issues that might crop up. And finally, getting good at delegation, getting really good at delegation. It's one of the best opportunities for developing and growing our people. When we start to delegate tasks in a supportive manner, it allows our people to step up and they can grow. I come across many leaders and managers who bemoan the fact that their team aren't stepping up. Well, as someone once said to me, It's hard to step up when your boss has got their foot on your head pressing you down. I said at the start of this episode that one of the things that prevents many leaders and managers from delegating or delegating effectively can be the belief system we hold or some very deep-seated fears that we might have around delegation. And in fact, there are five key fears that I've identified over the years. And the first of these is the fear of being a bad boss. So the first fear is that of being a bad boss. Now, I find this mostly affects the very empathetic leaders who are driven by doing all that they can to protect and support those that they lead and manage. What this looks like in practice is they tend to hold on to more tasks than they should and end up carrying that extra burden themselves and carrying a lot of work the team should be doing instead of distributing it evenly amongst the team. So they find themselves carrying a heavy load, if you like. And of course, the outcome of that is that they can only carry that load for so long before they eventually break or at least cease to be as effective as they could be. So you see, what happens here is that in the end, their good intention of supporting and protecting the team becomes the very reason itself why they're unable to protect and support the team. The second fear 
or barrier to effective delegation is what I call the fear of being a slacker. Now, the thought process associated with this fear tends to go along the lines of, well, if I'm delegating all of these tasks to my team, they're going to start wondering what on earth I'm actually doing with my time. So I best just try and do their work as well as mine. Because, you see, we worry that the team will think we're not pulling our weight or we're not working as hard as them. Now, what this fear does is it actually causes leaders and managers to work at a really frenzied pace. I liken this to the game whack-a-mole that you see at the fairground. As the, as the moles pop their heads out of the little fairground ride, we have to smash them back down as fast as we possibly can with the, with the big foam mallet. Well, we end up doing that at work in terms of how we respond to tasks and emails and even how we delegate tasks, which means we're delegating tasks in a very unclear manner that leaves people confused. And as soon as we send one email or make one request, we get five emails back or five questions back seeking clarification because we weren't clear in the first place. Again, the irony of this particular fear is that the fast and furious pace of work simply creates more work. Those leaders and managers that are prone to the the fear of being seen as a slacker end up becoming super managers rather than leaders. They are people who are very good at making sure that the work is done right because their focus is on efficiency, where really what these people need from their leader or manager is a leader. They need the person who takes the time to pause, to step back and assesses if the right work is being done because a leader's focus should be on effectiveness as opposed to efficiency. The third fear that I want to share with you is the fear of trust. Now, on the surface, this fear or this delegation blocker seems to be about a lack of trust i.e. not trusting that our team can deliver the task on time and to the required standard. However, for over a decade of coaching leaders around this particular topic, I've realized that when you start to unpick it, as you start to peel back the layers, as I've done in countless coaching sessions, you realize more often than not, it doesn't actually have anything to do with trusting the competence of those in our team. The real competence gap is the leader's ability to look ahead, identify what tasks and activities are coming up in the future, and then delegate them to the right person with sufficient time for them to execute and deliver it, whilst ourselves being there to coach, guide, and support them. The fourth fear to highlight for you is the fear of quality. Now, you might think this is the same as the fear I've just described, but it's subtly different. Hey, quick one for you. I want to make sure that you know about my 10 for 10 leadership program. It's an online program that's totally free. It's bite-sized and it covers some of the most common leadership topics and challenges that I frequently get asked about. It's also a course that gets consistently great feedback. You can find out more by heading to the online courses page of my website at ben-morton.com. At the heart of the fear of quality is our ego, and in some cases, a little touch of arrogance. This fear stems from that little voice we have in our head that says, 
I can do this better than anyone in my team. Or the little voice that says, I've done this before. I know exactly how this should be done. Now, if you have either of these thoughts, let me be clear. Yes, you are a very competent individual and you can do many things to a very high standard because of your skills and experience. But does this mean you should be doing all of these tasks? Does it mean you should analyze the research, create the PowerPoint deck or attend that particular client meeting? Because the truth is you are now paid to be a leader to step back, to plan ahead, to strategize, to develop the people you've got the privilege and responsibility to lead, not to be executing the tasks that others can and ought to be carrying out. And as I said earlier, if you never allow your team to take on these tasks and learn on the job, then of course you'll always be able to do it better than them because they're never getting the opportunity to try. People cannot improve at anything in life if they're not given the opportunity to practice. The fifth fear that I want to talk to you about is the fear of reputational damage. The first two fears I spoke about are really about what those that we lead think of us. But in contrast, this fear is about concerns over our reputational damage with our boss, our boss's boss, or potentially other stakeholders. In essence, when this fear is driving our behavior, that behavior is heavily skewed towards thoughts around our own career and our own onward progression, often at the expense of those that we lead or what it is we're actually trying to deliver. It gets us into a very protective mindset where we are maybe not pushing ourselves, not putting our head above the parapet, not trying new approaches and being innovative because we're worried about the consequence and impact on us if it goes wrong or if it doesn't go according to plan. The belief that tends to be associated with this is along the lines of, I'm responsible for what happens here, so I can't possibly delegate that responsibility. But this belief is somewhat flawed and it's definitely unhelpful. As a leader, We are not responsible for everything that our team does, but we are absolutely 100% accountable. The reality is people will make mistakes from time to time. People will make mistakes if we delegate a lot and offer people a high degree of freedom. And people will make mistakes if we micromanage them too. So we might as well let some mistakes be made whilst trying to delegate and empower our team and free up precious time for ourselves to be the leader that we want to be. So whilst I've said we might not be the one that is responsible for everything that goes on, i.e. the person actually makes the mistake, but we do remain accountable for everything that happens in our team. One of my favourite quotes that sums this up perfectly is from Bear Bryant, the legendary American football coach, who said, if anything goes bad, I did it. If anything goes semi-good, we did it. If anything goes really good, then you did it. That's all it takes to get people to win football games for you. Such a wonderful quote that is bang on. So they are five of the fundamental fears or barriers that can get in the way of effective delegation. What I just want to touch on now is to give you a few tips, questions really, to help you try and overcome those barriers so you can delegate more 
and become the leader that I know you're capable of being in the future for those you've got the privilege and responsibility to lead. You can learn more about these questions, these fears, plus some of the tools, tactics, and techniques around effective delegation in my Delegation Mastery course. It's a new online program. It's the best program I've ever created. So I'd love for you to, to get hold of it and really take your delegation skills to the next level to free up that precious time for you and to unlock the potential of those that you, that you lead. And I've included the details of that program in the show notes for you. So you can go and check that out right now. For now, though, let's just get back to some of these questions that you can ask yourself to try and overcome some of these barriers. The first thing is something to do now. It's really an awareness raising exercise. So you've heard me highlight those five fears and I've put a very brief summary of them in the show notes for you. But I'd like to to pause and reflect Maybe speak to a trusted colleague on this, or if you're feeling particularly brave, maybe talk to someone in your team and just try and think about which of these five fears show up for you the most. Which of the five fears resonate with you? As I was describing them, which one made you think, ah, oh, yeah, that, that's me. I know I do that. Because that's the first step. With better awareness, we can make better choices and better choices will lead to better outcomes. So the first thing is to dial up your awareness. The second step is to ask yourself a series of questions to help you check if the belief you hold is true and to help you move beyond it. So next time you're about to delegate a task to somebody, but for whatever reason you you pull back and don't, oh, I can't delegate that, I'll just do that myself instead. Try and notice your thinking. What's going on? What fear has cropped up for you? What is it you believe that is getting in the way? And once you've identified that, you can ask yourself the question, is the belief I have right now around delegation true, false, or partly true? That single question alone might enable you to move beyond your blocker and delegate effectively to somebody in your team. Then another question to ask yourself is, how is this belief serving or not serving me as a leader? It might not be serving you because it's causing you to work on something that's not really your highest priority, which means you then don't have the time to be coaching or developing your team, looking ahead, working on the strategy, for example. And then a similar question to ask of yourself is, how is this belief serving or not serving my team? I.e., if I'm doing this, is that having a positive impact on my team or a negative impact? Is it enabling my team to do something or is it stopping them from doing something and robbing them the opportunity to grow and develop? And then, of course, one final question that should follow that when we're asking ourselves any questions like this is, so what or or now what? What am I going to do with this insight? What's the action I'm going to take? Now, the more you start to have that thought process, the quicker you'll get at it. And very soon, it will almost become an unconscious process, or at least you'll be able to do it very, very quickly. You'll move from what we call unconscious incompetence, which is the state in which you don't know what you don't know, to conscious incompetence, i.e. you've started to highlight and uncover some of your skills gaps and you're clear about the things that are getting in the way. And then with more practice and more intentionality, you'll start to move into conscious competence, i.e. 
you can delegate really effectively. You can overcome some of those fears. You know what tasks to delegate to what people and how to do it in a way that motivates, engages and inspires them. But you have to very much think about it. And after a period of time of continued practice, you start to move into unconscious competence. At this point, you've really locked it in as a new skill and way of operating as a leader. And you can delegate really effectively with little conscious effort. It's just part of who you are now. It's a bit like when you've been driving for many, many years and you suddenly pull up somewhere and you don't really remember the journey because it's just something you can do without thinking about it because you've got so much experience. So, That is it for this week, folks, an insight into the the art and science of effective delegation. Hopefully this episode has highlighted, re-emphasized just how critical it is for us to get really good at delegating as leaders and managers. Hopefully it's given you an insight into some of the things that are getting in your way. I hope that you were able to resonate and see yourself in some of those delegation fears if you are struggling with this topic. And then finally, I hope that some of the questions I've shared start to help you to move beyond those blockers so you can be that effective, inspiring leader that people want to work for. Remember, you can learn a lot more about delegation in my new online program, Delegation Mastery. The link is in the show notes below for you to check out. Other than that, please do take a minute to rate, review and subscribe to the show. It really does mean a lot and it really does enable us to keep the show going. Final, final thing, if you've got a couple of minutes, drop me a line wherever, either via email, chat at ben-morton.com or find me on LinkedIn just to let me know what you think of the podcast, what you make of these solo episodes and any particular topics you'd like me to talk about or any guests you'd like me and my team to approach to get on the show for an interview. That is it for this episode, folks. Look after yourself. Look after those you've got the privilege and responsibility to lead. And as always, lead on.